Glory to Jesus Christ. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their histories, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois. And this is a story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith, courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianpublications.com. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Lawyer, your host. A famous comedian of blessed memory used to come out to do his routine and he would say, wow, what a crowd, what a crowd. Well, I will say to you today, what a week, what a week. I hope you're ready for it because here we are at the very threshold of the flowering of repentance, the bright sadness, the most intense season of the liturgical year. And boy, do we need it. And hopefully we will embrace it with all its intensity, especially now. Let's face it. There's a lot of darkness in the world. We need a lot of prayer, a lot of repentance. And we can do repentance on behalf of others, just as Christ did it for us. So it's not just that we personally need it, but others, the world needs it. And we can do it on behalf of them. We can do it for them. So I'm going to load you up today. Hopefully we'll get it in in the short time that we have because it is so rich. Hopefully we can do a little bit of justice the first thing is today, Sunday, is called Cheese Fair Sunday. The reason it is called Cheese Fair Sunday is because last Sunday, as you recall, was called Meat Fair, meaning, well, like Mardi Gras, it's when in the Eastern churches we eat meat for the last time because we're going to abstain from it during Lent, the whole 40 days, for those that can do the traditional fast. You're not bound to that, but you're certainly encouraged to try to go for it. Well, this Sunday, we will now say goodbye to all those tasty dairy products. So what's happening is we're jettisoning the fatty foods, those things that are used for celebration. And we're pulling back from all that. Basically, we're becoming like vegans for 40 days if you follow the traditional fast of the Eastern churches. And again, it's a straight 40 days. It includes the weekends, although Saturday and Sunday, you can mitigate it a little bit so it's not as intense, but you don't break it. You continue consistently with the fasting. What we do when we begin this first week of Lent, which is called Clean Week, for very obvious reasons, Clean Week, what we do is we begin with the Vespers on Sunday evening. They're called Forgiveness Vespers, in which we pray and meditate on the expulsion of Adam from paradise. 
where it all began, why we have to repent to begin with, because we're all touched so deeply by original sin. Although through baptism, we overcome, we break the bonds of original sin. We're not bound to it, but still we have the influence of it. We must always choose in accordance with our baptism so that we choose against original sin. But baptism frees us of being imprisoned to original sin. And so what happens is at this service, we enter into that original sin, that original event that calls for our repentance. It's a meditation on sin, but also on redemption. That's how the whole Vesper service is, actually. And one of the hallmarks of this service, in addition to the great dogmatic hymns, there's actually three hallmarks of this particular service. One is called the evening prokeman. Now, what that is, that's the sort of the transitional point of the Vesper service, because at that point, we enter into the readings, the Old Testament readings, or the second half of the Vespers. The prokeman we sing, and by that, I mean it's a word, it's a Greek word, also translated in Slavonic, prokeman or prokimenon. It's the introductory verses from the scriptures of the reading that's about to take place. Now, during Vespers, we read Old Testament readings. So we sing, in a very mournful melody, the great prokimen for the beginning of Lent. That's basically when Lent starts, when we hit that prokimen in the service. See, Vespers marks time. It's the ending of the previous day and the beginning of the new day. And the words of this prokimen are, "'Hide not your face from your servant.'" For I am in distress. Answer quickly. Come close to my soul and redeem me. Then there are three verses that are said, and that procurement is repeated. Now, during that time, the clergy and the servers change the color of their vestments to the penitential red or purple. In other words, the dark vestments. And we change the covers on the altar as well to the Lenten covers, right? During that procurement. So that's the, that's the benchmark. That's where things begin to change. We officially enter Lent at that point. The second hallmark is the great prayer of St. Ephraim. That is going to be the prayer of the Lenten season in the Byzantine church. It'll be done at all the pre-sanctified liturgies and elsewhere. But at this Vesper service, we do the St. Prayer of Ephraim and accompany it with the quintessential gesture of Lent, and that is the prostration, where we think of it as kneeling down all the way to the ground, but then tipping your head forward, putting your forehead on the ground. Other forms are to actually stretch flat out, so you're totally face down. But the point is that your face goes all the way to the floor, just like the publican in that great story from Luke's gospel, the publican and the Pharisee, who humbled himself in such a way as to not even raise his eyes up, just kept striking his breast, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. This is what we do during Lent. We take on that posture of the publican. And the words of the prayer of St. Ephraim are this, Lord and master of my life, spare me from the spirit of indifference, despair, lust for power, and idle chatter. And then we do a prostration. Come back up to the third verse. We come back up and do the second verse. Instead, bestow on me your servant, the spirit of integrity, humility, patience, and love. Again, another prostration. Come back up to the third verse. Yes, O Lord and King, let me see my own sins, not judge my brothers and sisters. For you are blessed forever and ever. Amen. Another prostration. Now we also add on to that some verses from what is our communion prayer at our liturgy. It's the one that we say before we receive Holy Communion. It's parts of that prayer. We say this, O God, be merciful to me, a sinner. 
O God, cleanse me of my sins and have mercy on me. O Lord, forgive me, for I have sinned without number. And we repeat that four times. And then we do a prostration again. And then we do the entire prayer all over again, the prayer of St. Ephraim, and do one more prostration. So it is intense. That's what I said. Hold on to your seats. What a week we've got. But that prayer is said throughout Lent, especially at the liturgical services. Now, there's one more feature of this cheese fair vespers or forgiveness vespers. Again, it's done on Sunday evening or late on Sunday afternoon, and it officially begins the Lenten season. See, in the Eastern churches, Lent begins on Sunday evening, or technically that becomes Monday, and the 40 days are counted straight through. They include the weekend. That's how it's a little bit different than in the West. The West begins, of course, on Ash Wednesday and doesn't count the weekend, so it goes into what we would call Great Week or Holy Week. The Eastern way is to do it from Monday, basically Monday before Ash Wednesday, and go straight through 40 days. Holy Week or Great Week becomes a separate fast, a separate week in itself. In fact, the origins of the Lenten fast and penitential season actually began with the week before Easter. Holy Week was pretty much the fast, then it got expanded into the 40 days. And one of the reasons for that is because this was the time when the catechumenate was making their final preparations to be baptized at the Paschal Liturgy, at the vigil for the Paschal Liturgy. And so they had a week of intense fasting and prayer and repentance. Later on, we developed the fast that we know today, the 40 days, with Holy Week, Great Week, being still its own separate time of penance. But at the end of the Forgiveness Vespers is what's called the Mutual Forgiveness, a ceremony of mutual forgiveness. This is done in monasteries every evening. The Scripture tells us not to go to bed. Don't let the sun set on your anger. Make up to those who may have been angry with during the day before you go to bed. And that's what they do in monasteries, because, of course, monasteries and monastics are always striving for that perfect Christian spirituality. Monks are the reference point for all the baptized, as St. John Paul II said. And what we do, borrow from the monasteries, is we, too, even in the parish, do a ceremony of mutual forgiveness, because Lent is a time in which we're begging for forgiveness, and we, can't, we cannot have God's forgiveness. That's the one thing God does that's conditional. God loves us unconditionally, yes, but there is something conditionally he does demand, and that is that if we want to be forgiven by him, we have to forgive others. And so we do. So the priest says to everyone gathered at the Vespers, good fathers and brothers and sisters, grant me your blessing and pardon me all the wrongs I have done this day in word or deed or thought with all my spiritual and bodily faculties. Then the people respond to the priest, May God himself forgive you, Reverend Father, and have mercy on you. Bless us, Reverend Father, and forgive us the wrongs we have done this day in word or deed or thought with each of our spiritual and bodily faculties. And the priest in turn says, Through his grace, may God forgive you also and have mercy on you all. And then sometimes it's the custom for everyone to come forward and to embrace one another in a spirit of repentance. And this then really officially begins the Lenten season. Now, when we come back, we're going to talk more, load up more about this incredible week, this clean week, this first week of the great fast in the Eastern tradition. I'm Father Thomas Loyal on Light of the East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. 
in order to keep Light of the East on the air. You can make a donation now by going to byzantinecatholic.com. That's byzantinecatholic.com. And then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. We'd like to give a shout out to a longtime and valued member of the EWTN radio family. Our congratulations to Sacred Heart Radio, now celebrating 20 years of solid Catholic radio. A special thanks to the Sacred Heart Radio team, beginning with one station in Seattle. Now they're heard on 10 AM and FM stations in Washington State and Alaska. Again, congratulations to Sacred Heart Radio for 20 years of great Catholic radio. And thanks for bringing EWTN Radio to their many listeners. This is Archbishop Salvatore Cordiglione of the Archdiocese of San Francisco, and you are listening to Light of the East. You are listening to the Choirs of Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church under the direction of Timothy Woods in Homer Glen, Illinois. This is the music you hear on Light of the East and is sung during the Sacred Liturgy at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish. Order online at byzantinecatholic.com. All we ask is a donation of $15 or more, which includes shipping and handling, to Annunciation Parish for each Theosis CD. Send a check made out to Annunciation Parish at 14610 Wilcook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. And may God grant you. Welcome back to the bright sadness, the flowering of repentance as we enter into the first week of the Lenten season, the great fast in the Byzantine tradition. It will begin for the Latin rite as well, but a few days later. Ours begins Sunday evening, which actually begins Monday. As we mentioned before the break, we begin with the very rich and moving service of the Vespers of Forgiveness on Cheese Fair Sunday in which we actually do a mutual ceremony of forgiveness. And also, we begin saying the official Lenten prayer, prayer of St. Ephraim, and we do the official gesture, the prostration. So we're really getting into it, and we've also left behind meat and dairy products. So hopefully we're good vegans right now. <laughs> now again, that is not required of everybody. That is the traditional fast. In fact, it's even stricter than that. You're not even supposed to have oil, any cooking oil or fats of any kind. However, there are in each eparchy, according to the, each bishop, they have their own prescriptions for how the fasting should be. Generally, the Byzantine or the Eastern Catholic eparchies demand at least that people go without meat on Wednesdays and Fridays. And that, that's very minimal, but that's sometimes all people can do. That's okay, depending on your age and health and so on. But the traditional fast is basically to become vegan for 40 days. But we accompany that with repentance, more prayer, and above all, which is what this whole thing is about, charity. Everything works toward that one principle of love. That's the one thing that lasts forever. Everything else will go by the wayside. Faith, hope, and charity, 
Faith and hope are for this life. When we get to the next life, there's only love. We don't have to hope or have faith anymore because we got the real thing if we made it to heaven. And so all we have to do is love. <laughs> so, so faith, hope, and charity, everything leads towards that. Another thing that we do during this week, this rich week, after we've done the forgiveness vespers that officially begins, especially with that Procumen verse that I mentioned, that it begins the Lenten season officially, during the first three or four evenings of Lent, we pray the great canon of St. Andrew of Crete. Now, this whole service is done in its entirety in one evening on the fifth week of Lent, on Thursday of the fifth week. And that takes about three and a half hours, believe it or not. Now, I'll give you a chance to get up from the floor. You probably fainted when I said you'll be in church for three and a half hours. But what we do during the first week is we break that up into shorter services. We do parts each night of the whole St. Andrew of Crete. And what's marvelous about this, it's a masterpiece, masterpiece service, because it's a veritable walk through the entire scripture, front to back. And it's a mentioning of every place where there is sin, repentance, betrayal, and redemption. All kinds of things. You get an honorary PhD after you do this service, a PhD in scripture, because you it takes you through all kinds of events from scripture, mentions names that are probably very obscure, hardly ever mentioned in scripture, but they're all about names and events and places of well, that were significant for repentance and redemption and sin. And it gives us warnings about this, like don't be like this person or that person, but redeem yourself, repent, and so on. And this also gives us examples of people who were exemplary in that regard. But it starts from the Old Testament, goes all the way through to the New. Now, one of the reasons it takes that long on the night that it's done in its entirety is because we also read the moving, beautiful, high drama story of St. Mary of Egypt. This is where she's discovered fasting, very, very ascetical in the desert, fasting and praying. She's discovered by a priest, a monk, and she tells her story. And it's an incredible story. We'll get to that in the pursuing week series. We get to her actual week. We actually have a designated day for St. Mary of Egypt. She's a female ascetic. And before that, there's the Sunday for a male ascetic. St. John Climacus. But St. Mary of Egypt's story is read along with the many, many verses from the canon of St. Andrew of Crete. Now, I know it goes three and a half, almost four hours. You're not obligated to stay for the whole thing. You can come in and out as you want to, as you wish. I, of course, stay for the whole thing. But here's the kicker. If the three and a half hours wasn't enough, what we do during those three and a half hours, during most of it, is we do prostrations after all those verses. Oh, that's right. You <laughs> get a real workout. We chant that particular verse from Scripture, which is a verse of redemption and repentance, and then we drop to our knees, touch our head to the ground, saying, Lord, have mercy, or St. Andrew Creed, have mercy on us. We also will say, St. Mary of Egypt, have mercy on us. Very grueling, very rigorous. I know it sounds extreme, but well, that's what we do. We go into extreme repentance because it's good for us and good for the world. Now, as we get towards the end of this week, on Saturday, we commemorate the miracle of the great martyr Theodore. And we actually cook something kind of special. I'll read about that from the classic book, The Lenten Trillion by Mother Mary and Callistus Ware. There is a specific reason why St. Theodore has come to be associated with the very first week of Lent. According to the tradition recorded in the Synaxarian, that's a book about the saints of the day in the Eastern churches, the Emperor Julian the Apostate 
who reigned in 361 to 363 AD, as part of the campaign against the Christians, attempted to defile their observance of the first week of Lent by ordering all the food for sale in the market of Constantinople to be sprinkled with blood from pagan sacrifices. See, he was an apostate. He was a believer, then he went bad. St. Theodore then appeared in a dream to Eudoxius, archbishop of the city, ordering him to warn his flock against buying anything from the market. Instead, the saint told him, they should boil wheat, which is called kaliva, and eat this alone. In memory of this event, after the presanctified liturgy on the first Friday, a canon of intercession is sung to St. Theodore, and a dish of kaliva is blessed in his honor. But quite apart from this historical association of the great martyr Theodore, with the first week of the fast, it is also spiritually appropriate that he should be commemorated during these days. The great fast is a season of unseen warfare, of invisible martyrdom. When our ascetic dying to sin, we seek to emulate the self-offering of the martyrs. That is why, in addition to such commemorations as that of St. Theodore on the first Saturday, there are also regular hymns of the martyrs on all the weekdays of Lent. Their example has a special significance for us in our ascetic efforts during the great 40 days. So on this Holy Saturday, we make this Kaliva, as was mentioned from our book here on the Lenten Trodium. We serve the Kaliva, the boiled wheat dish. It's almost like a, a cereal. It has a little bit of honey in it and some boiled wheat and sometimes some, some nuts. So it's actually fairly tasty. It's something like, like a breakfast food. We eat that on Friday evening or into Saturday, the first week of Lent, in commemoration of this miracle by St. Theodore. But we also celebrate the pre-sanctified liturgy. That's another feature of Lent that we're going to load you up with. The pre-sanctified liturgy is basically an elaborate Vesper service, very solemn, very elaborate, very complex, with the distribution of communion. And what happens is that the Eucharist, which has been pre-sanctified, in other words, pre-consecrated at a another previous liturgy on the weekend is reserved and it is distributed at the pre-sanctified liturgy after there are beautiful Vesper verses, Old Testament readings, and beautiful solemn procession bringing the Eucharist into the church from deep within the sanctuary. So there's a great Eucharistic procession. It's probably the closest we come to benediction or Eucharistic adoration in the Eastern churches. We don't have those customs per se, but we have things that are similar, and it's most similar in the pre-sanctified liturgy. In fact, as the procession goes through the church with the priest holding the already consecrated bread, the body of Christ, we bow our heads, we prostrate to the ground in absolute silence as the Eucharist passes by. So it is a form of, in a sense, benediction or, or adoration. Now, the pre-sanctified liturgy is done because our regular liturgy, so to speak, the ones we do on Sunday and during the week outside of Lent, these services have a very paschal, joyful, triumphant theme to them. And since we're fasting and meditating on the bright sadness of our repentance, we pull back from that. But yet we still need the Eucharist to get us through the fast. We need the nourishment of Christ's body within us. And so the way that the fathers of the church arrived at a solution here, because you're pulling back from one thing, yet you need it at the same time, what they came up with is this pre-sanctified liturgy. So we still receive the Eucharist for our spiritual nourishment and our strengthening for the rigors of the fast, but we don't have the triumphant Paschal-type service of the 
liturgy as it is done usually on the weekends and during the week. As we conclude our program today, you'll hear some of the music of the great canon of St. Andrew of Crete, sung by the Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish Choir of Homer Glen, Illinois. Thanks for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To learn more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue Light of the East with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount will be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610 Wilcook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. Or donate online on the homepage of ByzantineCatholic.com. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God grant you many happy years. Oh!